Hello and welcome to the Charmed Life Podcast. This podcast is all about magic, metaphysics, mysticism, and the unconditional love of the universe. And I am your host. My name is Trisha Carr. We have an amazing conscious conversation coming your way today. I have on my guest and dear, dear friend, Michelle Vazel, multidimensional medium and musical alchemist. I'm going to tell you all about Michelle and get you into that conversation in just a moment after I welcome you to this podcast. I want to welcome you to please uh, follow the show, subscribe, and share it with anyone that you think may be uplifted by it. And I also want to point out to you that I do have a subscription platform that supports this podcast, but also delivers incredible content to you to help you with your spiritual path. That is my Modern Mystic Life subscription. It is so easy, so affordable, just $11.11 per month with that. Just like other uh, artists and podcasters have the Patreon platform, I have this, but it is so much, it's even easier. I did Patreon before, and while it was great while I had it, this is just so much simpler, and I have it uh, you know, so streamlined for you, and there isn't even a login. You subscribe for it, and you can uns- unsubscribe anytime, just eleven, eleven a month, but what you get, the value that you get First of all, community, because we meet a couple times per month, once with a live meditation and group, and then also with a workshop for, again, only $11.11 a month. It's really amazing. The community is so beautiful, so strong, so loving, and I'm delivering to you the content every single month both with the workshops where we do deep healing and I'm doing education on many different spiritual topics, channeling, you know, all kinds of attunements. But also two to four times per week, I deliver a multimedia message right to your text messenger. Again, that's why I say you don't have to log in, where you can listen to some premium and exclusive content. And I have it so that it can just help to keep you on pace with your spiritual path, because that's what I have always done. When I turned my life over with my spiritual metaphysical awakening, I needed to immerse myself in some way all the time, every day. I, when I, well, just a little backstory. When I had my spiritual awakening, I had a whole different career. And uh, in a way, fortunately, this career had me driving a lot. And so, even though it was, you know, at a certain point after I had my awakening, I was like, oh, I'm going to have a different career <laughs> at some point. I just considered that dry, all of that driving, my time to immerse myself in education and attunement, podcasts, books, YouTube videos. And so that's my intention with Modern Mystic Life. And it is about living a life as a as a modern and as one who is inspired and really feels aligned with the mystical arts. So just a little bit of an invitation there. You can find the link in the description for that. And my guest, Michelle Vasel, is a part of that community, so you'll get to hang out with her on the workshops and the group meditations. But let me tell you about Michelle. Through her sessions, online content, and music, Michelle uses her gifts to uplift those around her. Her intention is to help you align with your highest timeline and greatest potential while guiding you toward healing. 
A few years ago, Michelle's close childhood friend passed away. The grief transformed her and spurred a spiritual awakening. When she picked up her first deck of tarot cards, she heard the other side whisper to her, but more importantly, she felt connected to her friend. It was through the cards that she moved into channeling and then mediumship. Michelle is certified in mediumship by Hilary Michaels through the Los Angeles School for Spiritual Arts in channeling by Trisha Carr and Crystal Ann Compton through Lightshine Spiritual Academy, in Reiki 1 and 2 by Michael Arthur Baird through the International Center for Reiki Training, and in the Alchemy Crystal Singing Bowl and Gong by Tara Tarr through the Sedona Crystal Temple. Now, Michelle says her title is Multidimensional Medium, and I had the honor and pleasure of teaching her, uh, guiding her in that program, Multidimensional Mediumship. And I'm going to chat with you at the on the other side of this conversation a little bit about what's going on with my next iteration of Multidimensional Mediumship as a program. So stay tuned for that. And now I welcome you into this conscious conversation with the beautiful, the luminous, and so so heart-centered, Michelle Vasil. I'll chat with you on the other side. Well, Michelle, I'm so excited we to connect again in this way. I mean, you and I connect regular daily about, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty much yeah. in one another's lives. You're in my daily. pocket all the time. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's so fun in your pocket. It's so exciting. You are a manifester. You are an artist. You are a powerful medium and just uh, one who is here to serve love and give love. So it's interesting. I say serve love like to uh, give service <laughs> to love and also to yeah. serve love as you're, you are delivering it. So Everyone, this is Michelle Vasil, and I would love for you to just get everyone into your magnificent, beautiful energy. What work are you doing or your journey, wherever you'd like to start? Oh, well, thank you. Well, first of all, I want to say, um, you know, the in-service with love, I worked in service for so long. And so that feels really accurate to me. It was a good test mm -hmm. and a build into what I'm doing now. And thank you so much for having me. I'm a huge fan of yours and always will be. So thank you. Uh, okay. So a little bit of background on me. I started this spiritual journey about five years ago. I mean, I, I think it's a lifelong journey, sure. but the awakening happened right around my Saturn return. Mm -hmm. I went through the collapse of a really important relationship in my life and then the death of a friend and a move across country and struggling with finding a job. And I really had to work on my root chakra, um, safety, security, lack mentality. And I really struggled with um, dark demons. I, I dealt with some alcohol abuse, um, which was challenging and runs in my family. And so that is something that, you know, I've watched other family members break that pattern, which was really encouraging for me to do, to follow their footsteps in that. Uh, and through that dark night of the soul, through that hardship, I found myself, you know, I think when you're in your darkest moment, you have to turn on the light at some point and, um, I had help for sure. 
like yourself and uh, my friend that had passed away. I really felt him present on the other side leading me. And he led me to tarot first. Yeah. So that was my my first love with the spiritual craft. Um, I started giving readings to friends and family. And then I started hearing things and seeing things. And my clairs were opening up. And, and the pandemic happened. And I, I started to want more. I became very hungry for information. And it opened me up into all of these different dimensional planes. I became fascinated with cosmic beings, the Lemurians. And um, I took the channeling course uh, and I then took mediumship. I am a musician and had been very fortunate to perform at the Troubadour right before the pandemic. And uh, my manager at the time was like, you know, you're writing a musical, right? And uh, I had been given an extra song. I was opening for someone. So I had five songs and the booker loved the song that I wrote called 300 Feet Tall. And I wasn't going to sing it. It's like a little Disney-esque. And I was like, I'm a serious artist. I'm not singing that song on this stage. And he was like, I'll give you another song if you sing it. And so I did. And it was just me and my guitarist because we didn't have time to practice with the band. And it was everyone's favorite song. And so when my manager said, you know, you're writing a musical, I was like, well, obviously it's 300 feet tall. So through the pandemic, my, not only my love of the spiritual arts, but my love of music grew and it expanded. So not only was I writing, um, you know, singer songwriter uh, songs, I was playing with the Alchemy Crystal singing bowls. And I ended up taking a, a retreat up in Sedona, which is magical, uh, at the Sedona Crystal Temple with Tarakar, and I got my first sample. Now, Alchemy Crystal is just unreal. <laughs> it's I can't recommend it enough. If anyone listening to this is debating, go. This is your sign. Um, they're dipped in quartz and then in another crystal, another alchemy. And they can be double, triple. They come in all different sizes. They vibrate between three to seven frequencies of a specific note and played together. They create all of these different kinds of tones. And so she became this angel to me. And I, I got my first bowl. It was an A sharp and it activated the third eye. And then she kind of helped me call in the rest. I have seven now. <laughs> so they've grown. Uh, and each one has its own soul which is just so cool um, for someone who has felt alone a lot of her life. Having them sitting across from my bed every night is really comforting and really helps me to, to activate that self-love within myself. And um, they are my true partner right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're filling that space for me. Your family. And Oh yeah, absolutely. There's yes, there are siblings and a mother and father and they all, they come together as, as a unit. Mm -hmm. And uh, I started singing with them. I started doing singing light language and I realized I was bringing in the angelic realm and I created my own music healing technique. And from there, I, I was doing one-on-ones with mediumship, and then it, it spurred into musical sessions, which I call musical alchemy activations. And then it created this whole program called Victim to Victor, which is 
something that I'm launching now. And uh, it's for men and women to help release both ancestral and personal trauma um, from this lifetime and past lifetimes to help break those patterns and loops in order to free ourselves truly and step into that higher self so that we are completely whole and balanced within the divine masculine and divine feminine. So that was a lot, but I think I got almost everything. (laughs) What is the victim to victor program like? What is it, you know, how is it laid out and all of the details? Yeah, absolutely. So it's uh, an eight week course and it goes through each of the chakras. And then we talk about sex magic of Isis. um, And it starts with some coaching and mediumship. And through mediumship, what I've been able to do is working with their higher self, their guides and angels, I'm able to see the root of what is attached or adding resistance or imbalances within their systems. So we can then speak about it and then go about releasing it with musical alchemy. And I've created um, different meditations and I do something called galactic shadow work. Uh, which is finding a limiting belief, a distorted belief, the truth within it. And then we create a positive affirmation from it. And I create my bowls and I use my voice to create a binaural beat. And um, it's used to put them into a hypnotic state and open up that subconscious. And so with all of those things together, with each person, it's different because, you know, there's no clear cut way to work with a group of people. It's more one-on-one, how how can I best serve you? How can we best do this together? And so it's just been this completely just triumph for my soul. It, it, it brings me so much happiness. It's a lot of fulfillment. And, you know, when someone gets brought to us, we're mirrored at things of like, oh, yeah, no, I've dealt with that. Okay, cool. I know exactly where this is going. So that's been a really beautiful experience. And Victim to Victor, so it it is a one-on-one program? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's one-on-one. It's every week. And every other week you get a sound healing. Um, They tend to be very powerful. So if they're done too often, it's overload. And I was finding when I was crafting the course, um, there were a lot of cancellations because it was like, I need more time. And they were doing it subconsciously. I was like, why, why do they keep pushing? And my guides are like, it's just you're doing too much work on them. (laughs) So we've been able to come up with this beautiful neutral ground where they get one-on-one access to me as well. So we're in communication all week to, to really talk about anything that's being brought up. Mm -hmm. Wow. Really beautiful. I love it. So let's talk about the musical now, 300 feet tall. Yeah. it's in process. It's in still in, well, it's in like the, what, second or third iteration of, of yes. writing. Yes. Yes. So you would call this development. Mm-hmm. We're in the de- developmental phase, but it's just moving so quick. And um, I'm always surprised by how fast things move, even though I've been manifesting them for like a decade. <laughs> you know? When they finally happen and you stand back and look a little bit, yeah. you're like, oh, it was actually really fast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's like they say about children, the days are long and the years are short. It's yes. kind of the same thing because you're gestating and, and birthing this. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. It seems to be coming in the flash of an eye. And 
So right now I'm, I'm actually, after this interview, I'm going to drive home to Phoenix, Arizona. That's where I write. And I was just given notes on what I have already written. And so I'm going to go home and reorganize and restructure. And what I, you know, we put as artists, we put so much of ourselves into our work and something the co-director brought to my attention was, what are you, what are you saying? You're watering down what you're saying. Mm. And I was like, oh, interesting. Where is this showing up in my life? And I was like, oh, I've been dimming my light to make other people feel comfortable. And as I've learned as a manifester, that's not my way of running (laughs) my energy. It's to be big and expansive and to speak my truth and um, to speak it with confidence. And so the last, I, after I received her notes, I took a month to integrate our note session and go, all right, well, how do I bring this in? I obviously need those attunements and Mm. um, taking that mask off. And the musical is, is about a young woman's spiritual awakening and it leads her on this fantastical journey to a hidden alien civilization, which is the Lemurians. Uh, just in time to save her from an evil that's chased her lifetime after lifetime. So we're talking about past lives and bringing in the Lemurian history and uh, the violet flame. But when she said, what are you saying? I was like, oh, okay, great. Child trafficking. That's mm-hmm. something that I want to want to tackle with this piece is that the children need our voices and um, a that's what the heartbeat of this is. And it's our children, it's our inner child, it's trauma that's being released collectively as a whole. And um, (laughs) it's been a very humbling experience. I've had to check my ego at the door uh, because it's like, well, what's in highest good for the musical? Like, you know, really listening. I've I've brought on a fantastic team, a really amazing co-director, a really fantastic uh, composer. And so I'm getting notes on the script and on the music and they're just making it better. It's, it, you know, with all these extra hands in the pot, it's just elevating to a place that I'm just so proud. I'm so proud to be a part of it. Sounds amazing. And it is, it's a film to be clear. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, I, I am big in musical theater. I went to school uh, at the University of the Arts in Philadelphia and majored in musical theater. And I went to New York and, you know, I I did have success, um, but it wasn't the level of success that I had, had hoped for, dreamt of as a child, you know, Broadway. That's, that's where my heart has always been, has been on those stages. And I felt like I couldn't get people to look up off the table. And I know a lot of uh, auditioners, you know, I'm equity, a lot of beautiful, professional, incredibly talented artists are not being seen. Mm. And what I realized was you need to create your own work because that's how you make it happen. And so with this, I always wrote it for stage. That's where it's going to go. But I have been getting interest as a movie and I've been learning, you got to go with the flow. And 
the universe is going to give you things and it's up to you whether or not you want to take them and receive them. And so I, I gladly receive with the movement of the movie. And I do still hold that vision on stage. I think, you know, there are the alchemy crystal singing bowls are underneath all of the music. And um, so the tagline is come in as one person and leave as another. I really want to do that in person. I, I want to open it up as the house opens and people sit down at their seats. I, I want to be playing the bowls and singing with them, giving them a sound bath and anchoring them into the energy before it even begins. I want to serve sacred water, different kinds of water, instead of having an open you know bar, having just an open water bar. And um, I want magic tricks and I want it to be kid-friendly and just you know, bring in a bit of Cirque and just all of my loves into one place live. Um, but first, a movie. <laughs> so, so yes, the magic of Hollywood. And we will be right back. Hi, friend, it's Trisha Carr with an invitation for you if you are ready to accelerate your ascension and connect to the swift flow of your life mission mind body ascension acceleration coaching all of my clinical training my experience from teaching and providing countless sessions and classes one-on-one group coaching healing reading teaching channeling as well as my calibration as a human design reflector i'm offering all of this to you to step up your entire life to accelerate your ascension walk If you've had a single session with me, if you've had coaching, or if you've experienced transformation from any of my offerings, my classes, podcasts, videos, well, this is an accelerated and exponentially charged. This is what my soul has prepared for an eternity and up to now. And if you hear this call, then this is also co-created with your soul. Your life is meant to be joy first and a service as a close and integrated second. Let me tell you some of the results that you can expect from going through a mind-body ascension accelerator. Confidence and clarity that you are living your spiritual mission. Mastery over the mind, utilizing it as a tool to create your life and also an upgraded nervous system. Improved physical well-being, body composition improvement, reduction of inflammation and or chronic issues, improved relationships, an understanding of who you are in partnership and of powerful tools to design fantastic partnerships, healing of past pain and trauma and skills to continue to self-heal, excitement about and empowerment in your personal spiritual practice, and a map to continue to walk your ascension path and to overflow to serve others. This coaching is especially tuned for high achievers who want to accelerate their progress on their life mission and create mind-body well-being and higher attunement. Submit to work with me in this powerful container, this premium coaching. If you feel the call, you can do it. I guide, you take action. I hold the resonant projection field, channel your steps, and you take action. The first action step is to fill out an application, the link to which you will find in the description. Be prepared, be ready to upgrade your mind, body ascension, and your connection and flow with your spiritual mission. And now back to the show. That's really cool. You know, 
you mentioned you go go with the flow and you you said you mentioned it just to be clear she michelle is a her human design type is is manifester and so manifestors initiate and mm. you know your strategy is to inform and it, so it's interesting that you it's like i what i love about manifestors is you have such a strong partnership with creator with the mm -hmm. field and with creator mm -hmm. And, you know, I think this is what I've observed is when a manifester gets interrupted in the creative flow, which is why you are meant to inform so you can avoid some interruptions, uh, one of the reasons. But when you get interrupted and it causes what we, it's like anger, but it's really because you have so much energy mm -hmm. that you've collected even into your body, into your whole soul, that it has to, ex it basically has to explode out. Yeah. But what I think is so, just so cool about manifestors is like, um, I like a, an entitlement, but it's like you actually are entitled to feel that way as an equal partner with it. Like, I don't have a sense of that at all. I'm like, mm -hmm. like, that's hilarious to me to think that I have, I'm entitled to uh, be angry at or argue with or partner with <laughs> in, mm -hmm. in the way, you know, in the way that you do. And I see it across all of the manifestors that I know. However, even with all of that, like true divine entitlement that you have as mm -hmm. your energy type, you still can't force the field. Oh, yeah. And so sometimes your anger is because it might be because you're trying to force the field because you have some, you know, illusion, probably from some conditioning that it's supposed to be this way. No one can force the field. The field yep. is, you know what I mean, like grander than any single part of it. We only we all have to flow with the field and bring, you know, and go with what is being brought. Oh yeah. And that was a really hard lesson of patience. I'm a Libra and <laughs> I am impatient and I've very much learned patience over the last, I'd say five years since my Saturn return. Mm -hmm. um, and now that I am, you know, I, I started writing this, I'd say, well, the music has been going for about five years. Uh, the actual script itself, the story, the plot has been two and a half, three years. And I see now why there have been those hiccups or those moments of, of pause. Mm -hmm. And it's to get all the pieces in alignment, which has just been strengthening my trust in the universe, which is something that, you know, as, as people who've experienced trauma, abuse, um, that trust is hard. And at the end of the day, it's a trust in yourself, right? Because if you don't trust the universe, there's a, you don't trust yourself since we're all tiny pieces of the universe. We're one in the same. And so through this, I've started to trust myself and step into that leadership position that's needed for the head of the, the ship, you know, the one who's steering everything because everyone looks to me to tell them like, okay, this is what we're doing. And I'm like, okay, great. Like this is, this is it. Like this is time to really um, access the Empress in tarot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yet, the, obviously, there's collaboration. You're singing the praises of how amazing oh it is God. to have other voices and hands. Yeah. In I mean, creation. I couldn't do it without them. It's their expertise is mind blowing. And, um, you know, I, I work with my composer really frequently, and he's a Grammy award winning. He's a music therapist. He works with children. Um, he's just like sent from God. Um, for this project specifically. And he comes up with stuff that, I, and he, he's also a medium. So what's really cool is 
I'll be like, this is what I'm thinking, you know, for the music. And I've done, you know, the chords and the chord progressions, but I, he then puts it on the piano. He's like, oh yeah, got it. And then he'll send me something back. I'm like, that's like exactly what I was thinking. He's like, I know I'm a medium. <laughs> I, I, I knew. <laughs> so it's, it's been just and the co-director. She's a female. So having that divine feminine there, it's, it's nice having that male perspective, the feminine perspective. Um, she's a writer in the industry. She's been a writer for 20 years, if not more. And, um, she, this is my first script and she has been very patient and kind. She's Canadian as well as, as me. So I'm pulling on Canadians because they're good <laughs> people. Um, but yeah, it couldn't be done without them. And I've got an amazing choreographer lined up that I've worked with before. And we pulled on, um, a, a production house and an EP and I'm just, yeah, it's teamwork. It's collaboration at its finest. Mm. Yeah, this is all about collaboration, uh, isn't it? Because we're talking about also collaborating with with creator, with God, with the field. Mm -hmm. yeah, right. That's that's the only way something actually comes. If there's pauses, those could be corrections or, you know, just aligning. And it's it's yeah. Once again, the days are long and the <laughs> years can be short when we're creating. Yeah, I would love to talk about karma. You you uh, your programs and your work with personal trauma and karma and also mm -hmm. ancestral. I mean, you just mentioned that you're Canadian and you're talking about using your voice and everything. And you and I've talked mm -hmm. about how that's an extra layer of really, I guess, karma, like to be conditioned with the Canadian culture of I'm right. sorry and diminishing yourself and mm -hmm. everything. And, and so that would be ancestral because your parents, you know, yeah. had you born there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I chose it too. You know, mm -hmm. we choose. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I guess I I hadn't thought about it that way. That's it's a really interesting way of looking at it to overcome, to have chosen that, to choose to come from such kindness. And, um, you know, my mother is a tremendous person. Um, she she bends over backwards for people, and sometimes that is most of the time it's at the expense of herself. And so I have been able to see that and seen the ways that I do it. And um, I have taken her kindness, her politeness and brought in that into my life and then learned how to really speak my truth. And it's interesting through me, I'm watching her do the same and we're mirroring each other and I'm watching her step up in ways in her life that I'm like, yeah, mom, that's awesome. Um, you know, breaking that and I'm on an, I'm sorry, detox. We've, yeah. we've talked about this, uh, because, you know, first of all, women apologize for themselves all the time and then Canadians on top of it. <laughs> so, um, I have been working with gratitude of every time I go to say, I'm sorry, there is a, thank you so much. Um, showing that to me and making itself apparent and there has been a giant throat chakra clearing i mean i'm even wearing yeah. blue i didn't even mean to do that <laughs> yeah. but yeah um speaking up for the divine feminine and we're coming into power you know we're stepping into our our places and um balancing what has been imbalanced for so long mm-hmm Yes, I think we feel that very strongly. Um, I would say 
It's not unfortunate, but however, I think in a more global demonstrative sense, it's probably, we still got, you know, we've still got some development for it really happens. Although with 2027, there's going to be a big shift in background frequency as we shift our, we shift from this to this, uh, from the sleeping Phoenix, no wait, to the sleeping Phoenix. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Uh, design thing, but it still is going to be, you know, our, our spirit and our energy is much is is really immediate, and then the physical plane is. There's such a seasonal lag to it. There's so yes. much, you know, it moves so much more slowly. So, oh yeah, uh, that shows up in my work all the time yeah. because when I'm working on someone and we're taking a look at their energetic imbalances, you know, people are like, "Well, I want my physical stuff to that. go away like that. Like we we took care of it. Why is it taking so long?" And I, I have to explain. It's because we're we're shifting frequency, and it takes a moment for it to settle. I have found I've been working with children. Mm-hmm. Um, so my sister just had a baby, which is, she's amazing. Just the little is that your brightest. first niece or yes, nephew. It oh, is. isn't it amazing? They yeah. feel like yours, right? That oh first one. God. It's like, yeah. oh, I didn't yes. know I could feel this way about a child because yes. all babies are amazing. But when it's your first niece or nephew, you're just like, mm-hmm. I got my first one when I, well, I got my first one when I was six, but what did I know? But I got my first, like the next one was when I was 13 and I just mm-hmm. felt like he was mine, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My sister would disagree with that, but I feel like she's fine. <laughs> she's got a Leo moon and I have a Leo moon. And I was oh. like, stuff, she's going to be real dramatic. And she's like, she's our, she already is. <laughs> uh, but I have done some energy work on her and uh, through another friend of mine, uh, she's got a little one that's just sunshine. And I've done, you know, readings and sessions to, to help with with energetics with these little ones. And I find that their results are almost immediate. It's like maybe a day or two. And um, there's a a big shift in the energetic form for people who are a little bit older into adulthood. It does take a little bit. And then there's also layers. It's you, you get a piece of it, but then it's going back in and finding a deeper part of that. So that's been a process of learning for myself as well. Um, even when I work on myself, when something will come back up, I'm like, oh, I thought I got rid of this. Why is this here? <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> now I get to get a master's degree in healing. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I've got my PhD at this point. <laughs> yeah. It's so true. But yes, we, that's, you know, when I read something that's going on in my body, it's like, I swear three months ago, I cleared this, but it does yeah. just, you know, it's, my body is off gassing it. My body is healing it even more deeply. And yeah need to call in that patience, need to uh, let grace find us. The grace is, that's what I think the, one of the best opportunities between the, the lag between how the body evolves and heals between mm-hmm. how the spirit and the emotions heal is that, that the time between is us being able to let grace hold us. And that's, you know, yeah. there's a grace period that we, we get to accept and boy, do we need grace? We are so mm-hmm. obsessed with time and timing, and that is just like wrongheaded. That's a distortion. But grace yeah. is actually how we live. So I think that's that's a great opportunity there to clear that. Um, oh, absolutely. That and they need that integration period because. Uh, so what I've what I have experienced with the sound healings is that I bring it up and out, but it it's their responsibility to release to surrender. Yeah. And so oftentimes what will happen is 
an, an event, an experience will come in to help release that emotion, or it's tied to that pattern or loop that they're experiencing. And they can choose, oh, I'm going to suppress it, or I'm going to release it this time around. Mm -hmm. And we need that time because if it were to happen quickly, I mean, it's hard enough when it's spread out. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. when it's fast paced, it's very aggressive. I always say, um, please release this, please heal this gracefully and joyfully because I have forgotten to say that before. And then it's just ripped and I'm like, Ooh, I've learned my lesson. And you're a manifester. So you have power <laughs> in what yes. you say or do not say you needed to inform spirit how to heal you. Oh my <laughs> gosh. That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't. Well, and that's so true. Cause I talk about how, um, you know, as a lyricist, our words are magic, it's spells. And so I'll be like, um, to the universe, Hey, if this isn't in my highest good, take it. And then it'll just fall apart. Or if I have plans with someone the next day, and I'm like, nah, I don't know if this is in my highest good, if it's not have them cancel because of something that's really awesome on their end, like they've got like mm -hmm. a kick ass. Um, oh, I don't know if I can say that if they've yeah, got, <laughs> they've a got a kick ass like a meeting or like a date or something. Yeah. And they need to rearrange the schedule. And mm -hmm. it, it, I, that ha it happens all the time. It works like magic. I recommend people trying that out. I have my friend, I have to tell the story. It's not totally related, but it is a little bit. My friend Aiden, who is a manifesting generator. And it, it, some of you, if you've been listening a long time, we, we had a podcast before he got too busy called Enlightened AF. So it's that Aiden that I'm talking mm. about, if you happen to know. <laughs> um, and so Aiden, uh, he he bikes every day, you know, and, 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 and so he, in his neighborhood, he lives in Glendale, California, and there's this street called mountain and it's a really, really long street, really, really, you know, long. So he's driving, he's biking through a mountain on mountain or around mountain. He's like, I want, he's telling the universe, I want a home on mountain. I want to buy a house on mountain. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's manifesting that for like a year. And then he realized after he had bought his first, like, it's a two-bedroom condo and it's on mountain. And he realized, um, so, yeah, but he, um, <laughs> he was, he manifested uh, a two-bedroom condo on mountain. It's like the address is like 101 mountain. And he's like, no, no, I meant like five, six, seven, eight, nine mountain <laughs> where all the big mansions are, but he didn't like specify. Was specific. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. These stories like that. He's like, my angels love to fucking mess with me. He's like, yeah, okay, okay, I get it. I got what I asked for. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't specific so enough. Oh, <laughs> funny. That's really funny. Yeah, that's something I've learned. I'm a specific manifester, so I'm getting very specific as to what actors that I want to have yeah. in the film and just everything with my life. So that's been a powerful realization. So uh, just to clarify for people who are are listening. In your human design chart, you can see if you are a specific or a non-specific manifester. And so it is the arrows. If you look at your chart, there's four arrows. They're usually like around the head and there's four arrows pointing left or right. So it is the one as you look at it, the bottom right one. And if it's pointing right, then you are a non-specific manifester. If it's pointing left, then you are a specific manifester. Some people are like grabbing a pen like, what? But you can Google it. You'll <laughs> yeah. I'm also a specific. So I want to share with you since you brought it up this morning yeah. in my morning session with myself, you know, mm -hmm. uh, they gave me clarity on that because sometimes I feel like it's, I feel challenged to specific, to envision specifically. And they said, no, 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 start big chunk up. 
start mm-hmm. with the big thing, like I'm going to write a musical. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you can chunk down. So don't like, sometimes I think I get a little too, I put too much pressure on myself to get really specific in this yeah. one session immediately and it feels off. So just like start big and then get specific in your process of manifesting. Does that resonate oh, with you? A hundred percent. Cause <laughs> when I, I used to go and see movie musicals. Um, I have a good friend that was in La La Land. And so when I went, I was like, oh my gosh. Is it and Gosling? I, Is it Gosling? Because yeah, oh, I yeah, wait, no, we're neighbors. I'm, I might, I mean, he's on my green light list. Brian would not be mad at me. <laughs> no, it is, it is not Gosling, but I wish it was Gosling. Um, man, I'm specifically manifesting that now though. <laughs> yeah. so I would be. love for you to get with me. Ma- oh, he's married to someone else though. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to take him away from his no. family. I, you yeah. know, I don't want to be a homewrecker at all, but if I could get someone similar to Gosling, that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, but yes, when I was first conceiving the idea of 300 feet tall, I didn't know what it was about. I saw movie musicals and I was like, wow, this is really awesome. I love this. And then, you know, the troubadour happened and I was like, okay, cool. I am writing one. What's it about? And we write what we know. So I was like, okay, well, out of the songs I've written over the last couple of years, can I create a storyline? And so I started with that. And then I during the pandemic fell in love with the Lemurians and I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, it's about them. And this was a really cool story. Um, for those of you that know the Lemurians and for those of you that don't, the high priest is his name is Adama. And I had a dream and I'd been reading the Telos books. There's three of them, volume one, two, and three. And right as I was waking up from a dream, I heard him say, you will tell our story. Oh my gosh. I was just about to say, I swear that you're writing a dream. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> I heard that before you said it, I swear. (laughs) Yes. it's So I have been writing my dreams down and Mm -hmm. getting ideas for future films, which is really cool. Um, But they have been, they've had a ton of premonitions within them. But when he he said that, I was like, okay, great. So Lemurians are a key part of this. And it has shifted and changed. And now it's way more specific and uh, I can... I can properly specifically manifest it, but at first it was just grand and seemed bigger than me. And I mean, it still seems way bigger than me. It is, but you have many hands, many hands make the word in light. So (laughs) yes, absolutely. I have many hands on deck and I'm yes. Great. So I also just heard right now, they just said to me, the Lemurian sessions, like, I don't know if it's a series of channeling sessions or we get together and talk about Lemurians. I don't know what it is, but they just told me that because I mean, you know, when was it? Uh, About six months ago, I think when I did the Lemurian in my, what's now called modern mystic life subscription, but mystic arts Academy. And I did a, I did a mostly channeled uh, workshop on Lemurian unicorns, but it was a lot about the Lemurians and how unicorns can help us with that. And you came, you came to that class and you're like adding so much to it. (laughs) And I didn't, you know, we hadn't talked about how you had been very much engaged with the Lemurians, you know, up to that point. So that was really aligned. Yeah. And um, thank you so much. And I would love to sit down and talk about them. I could talk about them forever. I am like a big fan of theirs, just like I am of yours. Um, but you have Lemurian in you too. So, <laughs> you know, it's Very one of the same. Um, but I, 
Yes, absolutely. Let's do that. I will manifest that and we will, <laughs> we will create it. I feel like you coming in studio and then I'll have my camera set up properly and we can talk awesome. about them together. Yes. Let's talk about, let's, because people are like, what the heck are they talking about? Or let's just talk about, let's have our first Lemurian session. Let's okay. talk about the Lemurians. Who are they? What are they? What is, what, what are these? And they're, they're core to yeah. your musical anyway. So yes, they are, man. I haven't talked about them in so long. This is nice. <laughs> uh, so about 4.5 million years ago, uh, they landed on the earth in a spaceship called Mu. And they landed on the land of Mu. And they are a mixture of Palladian and human. And so they're a very Palladian-based civilization. And they ascended into that fifth dimensional space and lived in harmony for a long time and um, beautiful healers. Uh, I've learned a lot about self-love from them and being whole. I'm in this place of calling in my beloved. They use the word beloved. And I think it's such a sacred term. And um, they talk about how you have to find that within yourself. And it's easier said than done. It's like, yeah, sure. I love myself. Like, where is he? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like, yeah, okay, good. I love myself. I'm whole. Where is he? Yeah. <laughs> every time I get to the where is he question, the Lemurians come back in and go, well, do you love yourself completely? Because if you did, would you still be where is he? You'd well, be- I got to and, and even after he is there and in your home and in your bed and in your life, you still mm-hmm. is still on the journey. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Self-love. Oh, oh, forever. <laughs> yes. I've had mine for 18 years and I still am mm-hmm. <laughs> on that journey. Always a deeper yeah. layer. And so there from Lemuria uh, stemmed Atlantis. And from my understanding, Atlantis was more of an Octurian civilization. It was very technologically based. And there was a thermonuclear war between the two. And uh, the land of Mu, Lemuria, ended up sinking as did Atlantis. Now, the high priest Adama knew that this was happening. And so he collected about 250,000. I don't mean to say collected. He, like Noah's Ark, brought 250,000 of them underground to the civilization of Telos, which is underneath Mount Shasta, California. And I actually work with a lot of Lemurians who were a part of the sinking. It sank overnight. And what was so beautiful about it is there were other high priests that knew of this that didn't go with Adama. They stayed Mm -hmm. and they sang as it sank and made it so that there was as least amount of trauma as possible for their people. But I deal with, I, I attract a lot of Lemurians who were a part of the drowning. Mm -hmm. I wasn't, um, but there were others, there were lots of others. And so they find their way to me. And it's been really interesting to work that out with them. And then with the Lemurians who are in Telos, they're in a fifth dimensional plane. So they are starting to present themselves. Um, There are, they told me that you know, I'm not the only one writing a musical about them. They're, you know, my friend, my very, very good friend is creating this incredible movie. And um, there's like a truck that's a screeching halt to highlight, to highlight what I'm saying. There are artists all over the world who are creating projects to help humanity be ready for the Lemurians to come back up to the surface because they will help us 
build into that fifth dimensional plane. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I get to be a part of that journey. And I went to Mount Shasta. It's the root chakra of the world. And, um, is it root? Oh, I thought it was crown. mm -mm, No, it's the root chakra. Mm -hmm. And I, I've had sexual abuse and I went there in June and I worked with the Lemurians to heal that foundation. And I felt it so strongly in my body. There was an act of forgiveness that I needed to have for myself. Mm -hmm. And with their help, that was, they're helping me build my foundation. So I'm helping them build a foundation for them to come back up. (laughs) So amazing. Now, there are, so 250,000 of them began the civilization in inner earth on, in Shasta. And when Michelle says they're fifth dimensional space, but they are also, they're transdimensional. So they also mm-hmm. are third dimensional, mm-hmm. um, but they exist fifth dimensionally on the third dimensional plane. And just like we, we exist, uh, you know, third and fourth density here, mm-hmm. even though we're physically expressed. And um, they, they have populated beyond that. And there's some other, there are other types of, um, yes, you know, inner earth beings that have inner, joined yes them. that have joined their civilization and so what are there about three million how many how many would you do you that's, think there are yeah there are a couple million I'd say anywhere yeah. from two to four yeah that's what it feels like to me and so when they are able to resurface by the way you guys this is not like an Armageddon thing because they're gentle and heart-based mm-hmm. so this means that it will be won't be so shocking. Maybe for some of us, it will yeah. be, you know what I mean? But I mean, for, they look like us too. Yeah. It's not going to be this like, Ooh, it's, I mean, the, the warmth that radiates off of them is mm-hmm. astounding. Right. And so is they, but, uh, it isn't, I thought isn't the, the high priest city going to also descend as they ascend. Yes. Yeah, that's what's speculated is that mm-hmm. it would become that city in the sky, though, wouldn't it? There's, there's mm-hmm. the yeah, yes, yeah, that is my I, understanding. Right. Uh, so, well, I don't know. I, I'm like, did it, did you already tell me this? But they told me while we were just talking about it that, I mean, I know that I have like Mu was my very very strong, but they told me that you know that was my first. My my history goes from Lyrans to Pleiadians, like people who mm-hmm. who have a Lyran past as you know, as part of their soul journey. It's all like this. The, that population, some went to Pleiades and some went to Arcturus. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, not ever, not all of them, but that's basically the the big exoduses, exodi. I guess <laughs> that's how they went. So I went to Pleiades after that, and then to come mm-hmm. to Earth, I I did it with the with Mu, yeah. Well, that's, that's beautiful. I know that I was a healer. I've seen, I've done some hypnosis to see that lifetime and the the different healing techniques that were used there that I've incorporated in my own healings here, opening those past life gifts. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I, after that, I think I went into, after it sank, I think I went into guardianship and then I battled it out on the planet for quite some time. <laughs> I got my Akashic records read and I was like, oh, I've been here a very long time. <laughs> mm. Well, and one thing that Pleiadians have t- talked to me about is that essentially also if you have the, like if you have a Pleiadian connection or and or Lemurian, same deal, same deal yeah. that in our incarnation to come here each time that we come here, 
as human, that we make a pledge. And I think pretty much it's it's kind of that way for all star seeds, if you will. We make a pledge, which only we are holding ourselves accountable for for it, but we feel it. It's like a it's like a they show me like a seal, a stamp, just like when mm-hmm. you seal a letter or you press, you know, metal into a wax or something, and it's in our heart. And which by the way, meaning like the green ray of us, but also it's in the identity center. So it's driving us and it's so deep within us that we feel it. And that's, and that also we have, um, we have almost like a karmic kind of guilt or even we can be karmically codependent because Mm -hmm. of how the human race was affected by Pleiadians coming here. And like, just basically it's wanting to take uh, responsibility and also wanting to make sure that we don't do it. But if it's unconscious, then it can be a codependency. It can be a subversion of ourselves. It can be um, kind of like what you said about your mom, like bending over backwards to my own detriment to be of service, which is not mm-hmm. aligned. It's not appropriate because that's just creating more, you know, deficit. If we're de- making Absolutely. ourselves deficient, we're just creating def- deficiency. So it's like a, it's a, it's kind of an ancestral ch- uh, karma mm-hmm. that we have to be aware of. Yeah, beautifully said. I definitely feel that within myself, this need of, I must serve, I must be of of help to everyone. Mm-hmm. And I've had to learn boundaries. Boundaries yeah. has been one of the most important and still learning of how to create those for myself and take time off so that I can be better of service. Yeah. Yes, it's so true. Oh, gosh. This is really powerful stuff. I had no idea how we were going to go with this. Did you? No, I didn't know. I mean, I I, I just sounded very Canadian there for a second. You oh, did. No, you said I, I didn't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Been here for 26 years. I just became American. Which I, yes. And so I'm, you're American. You're not a dual um, citizenship? I, no, I will. I will be dual. Yes. I'm okay. currently applying for my passport. But one of the, the things that came up was um, some you know, I'm so proud to be American. I, I really struggled with immigration in the country. And, um, I, when I got it, I had some friends say, well, you know, now's not the greatest time to be American. And, you know, this isn't that great of a country. And I, I have to disagree. I think this is a fantastic country and we are shifting it together. And I am, just so thrilled to be an active member of it. I've heard from astrologers that uh, Pluto is having its return, which I believe the last time was in 1776, Mm -hmm. and that the United States is meant to lead the charge of the ascension process. And I don't know how it's going to happen, but that is what has been predicted. And I am just so happy to be a part of it. And so whenever someone brings up that, I'm like, okay, we are dissatisfied, not with the country itself, but with the systems in place. And that is what we're working together to shift. And the musical tackles a lot of that as well. Of We're, cha- we're dissolving the illusion. This We all had to see it. This is what's happening so we can change it. That's so amazing. And, just, and what that beautiful tribute that you're giving us, aligning us to, you know, our self-deprecation as Americans and that it's not grateful, it's not helpful. And it's, 
it's it's like kind of parallel to the Pleiadian. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, yeah, not wanting to be in regret, but wanting to be in an empowerment. I think that's much more powerful. But you know what? You know, Saint Germain is mm-hmm. yes, like you know, overseer of freedom and yeah, the violet flame. Yes, and over is the like the you know he's the. I guess the the Lord, I hate that word really, but you know, of the of the Aquarian age mm-hmm. and also oversaw the the foundation of the United States. Mm-hmm. And yes, he did. And 1776. Wasn't yeah. he? Wasn't he that he that was his incarnation then, wasn't it, Saint Germain? Oh, I haven't heard that. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think he was he had some karma to work out after that is what I bet. Um but yes, he's been so so much so about our foundation and um the the violet flame is that freedom and he's carrying it It was what yeshua jesus was the piscean age and it was passed over to saint germain in december 2020 i believe yeah it people aren't aren't, you know people have different perspectives about if we're in the Aquarian age or if, you know, whatever, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I heard it takes a while to like get into the swing of things, but we've entered. Yeah. Just like we're talking about that lag of the physical body and physical reality to me. I'm like, well, I'm in it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm living heaven on earth guys. I mean, (laughs) I definitely experienced the suffering, but each time that I, you know, I just went through a month of, intense shadow work and I have an emotional authority. So I ride these giant waves of emotion and it felt like a tidal wave and it was never going to end. And I didn't feel like myself and I just released and purged a lot of lower level energies so that I can stay in the fifth dimensional plane more actively. And that is now where I'm at. It concluded on Monday uh, and (laughs) yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Um, so now I'm able to, that's why I'm going to Arizona to finish writing is I'm like, great. I am finally of a vibration that I feel I can naturally attune myself to write this because people are going to feel that frequency. And I want to make sure that I am of the utmost purest channel in order to bring it in. Yes. Wow. Oh, so thank you. They wanted to, sorry, when I say thank you, I'm talking to spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it reminded me, uh, you know, that 1776 and we, we actually shifted from, is it 1781, I believe, or is it 83? I think it's 1781. We shifted from being a seven centered being to a nine centered being in 1781. Like, oh. and so when is, when is Pluto returning again? That like this year or? It's yeah, it was, I believe it was in March or April is when it started its return. And so we're, wait, six to one, that's five years when we shifted to, so Mm -hmm. we're five years away from 2027 now, when Mm -hmm. we're going to, we're going to shift into 11 centered beings. And there's another (laughs) pattern in loop. (laughs) Has anybody else said this? Because (laughs) this is important. (laughs) This is happening. That's crazy. I can't wow. wait for 2027. Mm. Man, everything I've heard about it, I'm I'm just embracing. And mm-hmm. by then, guys, the musical will be on Broadway. Yeah. So come and see it. Yeah. <laughs> we have to, yeah, and we're doing all of this healing and upgrading. And a lot of by the way, they tell me a lot of healing and upgrading to our solar plexus. And that's mm-hmm. you know, you're experiencing that as mm-hmm. an emotional authority. I have an undefined, but I still feel it. And but we who are here to serve and 
you know, just help, we have to have resilience with our solar plexus, with our emotional centers. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. I have, uh, I, so I disassociated for 10 years after I experienced a sexual assault mm -hmm. and I realized like two, three years ago that I had done that and I'm an air sign and fire. And so just naturally out of my body. And when I got back in, I was like, oh no. <laughs> there are a lot of things wrong that I didn't even notice. I was so unaware. And I've learned each one of our organs has a voice. It has like mm -hmm. a little soul. They're little pieces of the whole. And my stomach has needed some of the most help. And yeah. it speaks for the I am enough standing in my power. And I'm getting to that, that next level of it and shifting and changing with it. Uh, but I, my stomach lining was messed up and I've had to take extra care. I've changed my nutrition, my diet, which a lot of us are having to do with yeah. Ascension anyways. Sure. Yeah. But yeah, that solar plexus. It's, and it's a doozy. It's the, I mean, there's so much pressure on the solar plexus, on our emotional centers, because there's, I mean, yeah, there's just so much that right now it feels like it's not actually in a global, you know, universalized sense. It's not the most important yeah. energy center, but it feels like it is the most intense. It's receiving the most intense awareness. I mean, just look at the ways that we are like, look at politics. Yeah, I'm no, I don't want to talk about politics, but <laughs> how polarized it is. Both sides mm -hmm. are so emotionally charged and mm -hmm. like not making any nope. any um, sense, you know, just yeah. like wanting to block everything else out because emotionally I'm on this side and the other one's on that side. And like, oh, yeah, you know, it's just absolutely like I don't around. resonate with being a part of either party. Either. And I, yeah. I like to stay out of it. Any mm -hmm. political discussions, I I allow for and hold space for anyone who wants to, but I, I it's just adding to the polarity, all of it. Absolutely. And so it's, it's not doing any good, but there are so many people carrying light within those systems now that are changing it from within. And I am just here holding space for them. I'm like, you do it. I'm yeah. doing entertainment. You guys have fun doing what you have doing. the fortitude for that. I don't. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You need a lot of fortitude to be in entertainment though. So <laughs> it's just, you know, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yes, you do. There's a and, and we were just talking yesterday. I think it was, you were talking about how the entertainment industry is changing from the inside out too. So much. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. um, yes. You can so I find that LA has some of the darkest energy and some of the lightest. There are pieces of yeah. moo that are here. You can feel it in Malibu, and mm -hmm. I live by the water, and I can feel Mama Ocean all the time. Uh, and that is reflected in our entertainment industry in Hollywood. There are some of the brightest and some of the darkest, and there is you can even see it on Netflix and Amazon. Hulu, all these different stations, they're starting to create stories that are opening up people's minds and expanding them and bringing in light. And, and there's less of this agenda and narrative. I mean, there's always, there's always agenda thus far of like, well, this is what I want to talk about because that's point of view. Sure. But there has been, I find that the manipulation, the networking aspect is moving away and it's becoming more of 
I really like you. I, I think we collaborate really well and I want to build something with you. It's no longer like, well, what can you offer me? Mm-hmm. What are you going to do for me? And that has been just, I, I met this composer. I went to Sundance in 2020 and I fell in love with this film called Wendy. And it was created by Beasts of the Southern Wild. Uh, and the the composer, his name is Dan Romer. He was just nominated for an Emmy for Station Eleven. He's a wonderful, just super talented human being. And I reached out to him after the screening because I've never done this before. I was just like, I love this music so much. I need to know this composer. And I got in touch and we were going to meet for coffee. And then the pandemic happened. And I was living in Phoenix two years later and I heard message Dan Romer. (laughs) Like, okay. So I messaged him and said, Hey, I wrote a movie musical. Do you know anyone who might want to compose it? And Dan graciously met me for coffee and introduced me to my composer. And he, it, it was this meeting of souls, this meeting of, he loved what I was doing. I loved, I love what he's doing. And it was like we saw each other's hearts mm-hmm. and that's where the industry is going. It's, yeah. it's peering into each other's hearts. It sounds really cheesy. But. No, but it is. And so, you know, I have, because um, I live here, I don't know why, but anyway, I have a lot of actor clients. <laughs> if I live somewhere else, they could still find me, you know what I mean, <laughs> meet on Zoom. But anyway, <clears throat> I do have, uh, you know, in, at, at the, um, I would say in the winter, and in the spring, I remember having quite a few clients who were actors, you know, having having a single session with me. And, the, t- you know, the message coming through for all of them at the same time, like, keep at it. But there is a, you know, it's in a weird space. And so just don't don't take it personally. <laughs> Definitely don't yeah. take it personally about your career. And, uh, you know, just keep going. And then, like, toward the end of this summer, I guess we're now at the end of the summer, the actors who uh, I have sessions with, it's like, okay, now it's starting to, you know, the, the tide is shifting, like it's already mm-hmm. starting to. And so you're ready, you know, and, and that doesn't mean that they're immediately going to land the, you know, their, their most ideal job right now, right. but it's starting to essentially like in those few months, I don't know when it started for them. It just happened in my, you know, clients, uh, you know, sessions that it showed up then all at the same time that that period that they were in, it was almost like, because they are heart centered, it's like, you're not going to be able to, to link up. There's a cleanup going on right yep. now. There's, we- and the, I just kept hearing it as like, there's weird energy right now, you know, and there's, so mm-hmm. it's, but don't take it, don't take it too hard. And yep. now it's, it has done a big shift or it's doing it. at least. It, yeah. It is in it. process. And it's, there are just like in politics, there are people sprinkled throughout the industry mm-hmm. as agents and managers, composers, uh, you know, directors, all these different people who are there with the same vision of higher quality and bringing in more light. And mm-hmm. so it's only a, a matter of time before the up leveling, but that's a part of the mission and the growth. And that's why I'm, it's like even with the country, when things are falling apart, like, yeah, but then we get to pick them up. Like, how long has this all been hidden from us, you know, in so many different ways? And then taking that inward and going, how long have I been hiding pieces of myself from myself? And where can I 
look at where the illusions are my blind spots. That's something I'm like, please show me my blind spots, release whatever's in my, and then just another giant release. And I instantly regret it. (laughs) (laughs) We always have to add that qualification. No, we want the other end of mountain. (laughs) We want sustainable paste healing. Yes, the mansion. I would like the mansion. Yeah. So the mansion of healing, please. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And then you have to move into the mansion. And even if you have movers, it's a lot of work. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) Moving is is so difficult. It's so hard. Yeah. Well, this has been just so incredible. As um, before, we wrap up. Uh, if you have any um, any tips for like what you know about daily practice, you had you know a big awakening five years ago. How did you start to shift that? How did you start to align with your awakening? And or what are you doing now mm-hmm. as personal practices? Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of the first things I did was meditate. Mm-hmm. You know. I would set a timer for five minutes, which was really hard for me. And people will sometimes use the excuse of, oh, no, my head, my mind just doesn't work that way. It does. We can. It takes time. It's a habit. And also it doesn't because everybody has that experience. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like when it's, it's basically a spoiled child and everyone has the experience of their mind not working that way, but it does work that way. It's supposed to work that way. (laughs) Yes. You get to a place where your mind does calm. It obeys. Yes. So I started with that. My first big thing was breath work. Uh, Mm. I don't do it that often because I am air and I find that when I do breath work, I lift up and out and it's just, I'm on a different planet, but some of my biggest experiences of expansion and release began with breath work and um, really fast breath work uh, mm. where my hands would cramp in and uh, you're, you're oxygenating your blood so much so. And then I moved into sound bowls. And what was beautiful about that is I would say, please tell me you know, something that I need to know right now that's in my highest good. And then I go into that hypno and just allow whatever, even if when I woke up, it was just a feeling of, oh, I need to know this. Mm-hmm. And then as my spiritual gifts came on, now I ask what needs to be released today? What's happening? How do I do that? I do a lot of inner child work. That's been, I think inner child work is confusing for a lot of people, but there's no wrong way to do it. Mm -hmm. And once you begin that relationship with the inner child, that's when the magic really starts because, you know, our subconscious is built by the age of what, eight. And so going back and healing all of those rooted moments, all of the, most of the trauma, when I talk to people, it stems from something energetically in childhood. And then it may have expanded into a bigger trauma as they grew up, but that inner child really needs help. Like the other day I was driving and I just felt my inner child knocking and she was so angry. And I was like, what? And she's like, you don't pay any attention to me. And so I just, I stopped, I parked and I was like, all right, well, what do you want? And she just wanted attention. There was nothing that she wanted. She just wanted attention. And I became aware that so often I don't actually give myself grace. I don't actually, I go, oh, you know, I did that. I, I, I like healed. I did this. I did that. But I don't always take the time to sit and like really intentionally doing like a 30, 20 to 30 minutes every morning is ideal. I don't always have the time to do that or I don't always schedule the time 
commit to that time. I always have the time. There is always time, right? <laughs> you can always put something else. It was interesting. We should shift it to say that time has us because when we think that <laughs> yes. it's not true. Yeah, absolutely. And the construct. Yeah. I let time yeah. own me. <laughs> yes. Yes. I would say breath work, sound healing, inner child work. Mm. Those yes. are my, and if you can start, if you're not meditating, just begin. Five minutes and you can hack. When we say we don't have time, that means that you can make time your bitch and set that minute. So the reason you said, Michelle said the five minute timer, that's what I did too. I was sitting, I remember 10 minutes is because then, because when you're first starting and the mind is fighting you, if you, if you set that timer, then you actually can disconnect from time. Whereas if you don't, like you'd be like, it must be like, you know, 14 minutes now and you look, it's been three <laughs> and it takes you out of it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. And you know, it's going to end too. Mm -hmm. It's not yes. just a perpetual, you're like, yes. there's a time limit. It's going to ring eventually. Yeah. So yeah. that, that helped. And uh, also with inner child work, I just want to add to it to just for the, those who are listening that it is a beautiful process. It is, I think sometimes we think that it's going to be really scary or painful but the injury that the inner child experienced or perceived, and I'll explain that in a second, has already occurred and you're already holding it. So the moment that you give it awareness and you give it love, it's actually dissipating. You're not going to re-traumatize or re-injure yourself. And so when I say perceived is that that's what it is because ch children, as children, we have, you know, we don't have a mental construct yet. So we can't make things make sense. Like one of mine is that I worked with my inner child. I was 10 months old in my mother's arms. This was the image that came through to me in my mother's arms. And I perceived her having a moment of absolute fear that she had this child. And can't we all as adult you know, people, whether we're parents or not, totally understand that having a fourth child with an alcoholic husband or at any rate, oh my God, can I take care of this child? You know, yeah. but the way I perceived it, my little 10 month old body was rejection. I don't belong. I'm not good enough. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't be here. I don't belong in this place. You know, mm -hmm. I didn't have the capacity to grasp the adult concept that I could have compassion for her. But as I went in there, I chose to have compassion for her for that to be the very first moment that I learned how to be able to have compassion at 10 months old. Yeah. And my friend Hillary, actually, this is another situation, says she has a she has a trauma of being attacked by a dog when she was five. But she's like, but I think maybe it was just a big dog coming at me. I don't even know mm -hmm. if it was mm -hmm. real, but I still perceived it as though I was being attacked. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Absolutely. she's like working on that in her mid-30s, you know, to make sure that she can yeah. release that. Well, and there's a show on Netflix right now, and it it you find out, I'm not going to spoil, but there was something that happened in childhood that the child perceived one way that shaped her entire life that she finds out was actually another. Yeah. And so it really is that moment. It's our perception and the way that we put our point of view on things. I have found past life work or past, um, past memory recall has mm -hmm. been some of the most healing moments where I'll go into a moment from my childhood as I am now and go and sit with her. Mm -hmm. I know I, I deal with um, like abandonment issues and the earliest memory I have is my mother holding me. We were at the park 
with my dad and we were having a wonderful Sunday and my dad worked a lot. And so we walked home and I felt my mom's energy getting sadder and sadder. And then my dad, you know, hugged me and got in his car, pulled away and we're waving and I can feel she's smiling, but I can feel how sad she is that she's alone on family day. And Mm -hmm. so that energy has sat with me and created this abandonment wound where no one abandoned me there. That wasn't even the energy there. My dad had to work. My mom then came inside, sent me down. She went and dealt with her emotion. And so oftentimes I will then go inside and sit with my childhood self and play with her. And then I go into the kitchen and I'll heal my mom. But it, that has been really helpful for me because it's crazy how then I've, I've had abandonment resurface in bigger mm-hmm. ways throughout my entire life, all from a moment where it, it wasn't actually abandonment. It was yeah. just how I perceived the energy that I was feeling. Right. Yes, exactly. I mean, and that's a great, that's inner child work, you know, go and, you know, that's what I do as an adult. I go and give her what she needs. I also like step into her and say, what can, could I have learned anyway? And just basically mm-hmm. correct the timeline. Yeah. And the thing is with that, with the memories, the, the thing that's important to remember is they're not real, real, maybe mm-hmm. they are, but there's no way they're, right. they're they're, they're every every memory is created in the moment. I'm actually when I meet with my sisters, I'm completely surprised that we have memories that match because I just assume that you know every yeah. time we recall a memory, it's going through all of our filters mm-hmm. of the lived experiences between. But it doesn't matter. It matters that that is what your energy is holding as a belief is holding oh, yeah. as something that needs to be relieved. So I just say that because. You know, obviously I, yeah. you're not going to go and no tell idea. Mom, How dare you feel that feeling? <laughs> well, and I, I have no idea. I can see it in my mind mm-hmm. yeah. and I've seen it in hypnosis, but it could have just been a program my guides used to be like, yeah. hey, it happened around this age, around this circumstance of your dad working all the time, your mom being alone with a newborn. Yeah. So I was able to obtain the energy and frequency from it regardless of if that specific moment happened. Right. Exactly. Right. Well, this has been amazing. So thank you so much. It's 111 much. right now on the live. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. 11, oh, 11. 11. Oh my gosh. I just saw it. Yeah. <laughs> Four ones right in yeah. a row on mm-hmm. the time of, of our session here. All right. Well, Michelle, thank you so much. Of course, we have all of your links for absolutely everything in the description, in the show notes. Is there anything else you want to say as we wrap up? Uh, I offer full moon sound healings that are gifted to my online community. And so if that's something you're interested in, please reach out and I can send you that link for the full moons. It's something I asked spirit. I was like, how can I just be more of service and do something to expand my community? And I started it last month and it was really awesome. And so I'm continuing. And so if you'd like to join in, I'd love to have you. Wonderful. And also, if you're in the Los Angeles area, we're starting a spirit. We just had the first one yesterday. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, time. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? What's that? Um, and we're starting a Los Angeles spiritual community similar, you know, uh, to what Michelle is talking about. We're going to be doing them once a month. Maybe these are on the new moon because that was, we're basically, we're just mm-hmm. past the new moon energy yeah. when we did that yesterday. I yeah, think it was, was just day before. like 24 hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we were in the energy of it. And so, um, you know, just join my mailing list and 
it's in the description as well. But you'll get to meet Michelle because she's there. Yeah, come meet me. <laughs> I want to meet sometime, you. Yeah, maybe sometime <laughs> you'll be doing your bowls at a, whenever. Oh my gosh, meetings. I would love to offer that. Of course, anytime. Well, again, thank you so, so much for bringing your light, not only to our world, but to the podcast today. And I just love you so much. I love you too. Thank you, Trisha. Well, if nothing else, I really encourage you to, well, book a session with Michelle, of course, but definitely take her up on that new moon sound healing, sound bath session. Her singing is, I just can't even describe it. The light language, the the singing bowls, the gong, everything. It, I just am brought to tears and just like my energy just opens up and drinks it in every time I hear Michelle's music. And anyway, that she that she's singing or, or offering music, but in those sound baths, they are so profoundly healing. I deeply invite you to check out all of the links in the description. And I also want to share with you, as I said at the beginning, what is going on with my multidimensional mediumship training. In early 2023, I will be offering multidimensional mediumship again. I haven't offered this since it's I think it was 2018 18 or 19 can't remember right now and that's when Michelle took it so there will be three um, phases of it there's going to be a beginner beginner intermediate and advanced and also a certification available and it's going to be amazing so like I said it's going to be early 2023 the best way to stay on top of that is to find the link in the, the show notes here for my newsletter. That's the best way. Now, I will, of course, announce it on Instagram and all of those places too, but that's the fastest way to stay in touch. I also want to let you know that if you want to get involved right now, we, of course, have the Modern Mystic Life, but I am about to launch. It's going to be in November. A program, well, it's actually more, yes, it is a program. It's called Easy Intuition and Meditation. It is to wherever you are with your spiritual development to upgrade your relationship with your intuition as well as with your spiritual practice of meditation. And we will also have in that program divination and some human design. I'll tell you all about those, all of the specifics when it comes, you know, I'm probably going to launch actually the registration. So how you can actually connect with it in about two weeks, possibly earlier. But anyway, once again, mailing list is the best way because it won't get lost in the shuffle of algorithm. But I invite you to follow me and connect however you feel aligned. And I'm so, so grateful that you're here. I I'm glad that you got to meet Michelle because she's so magical and luminous and so profoundly heart-based, as I said. So I want to meet you face-to-face -face or, you know, Zoom-to-Zoom -zoom face, whatever we say, whatever it works out as. But if you're in Los Angeles, we are starting some of the local meetups. So I'm really excited to keep building, shining the light together on our beautiful world. So thanks for tuning in. I love you, whoever you are.